Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. Hey everybody, David here and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. In this episode, recorded live at Apex 2022, Lucas and his technician Terry sit down with business coach Rick White of 180Biz. Rick has been on the podcast several times, including the very first episode. In this discussion, they cover a lot of ground, including mental illness and the philosophy we bring to our careers and businesses that can make or break our success. Before we get started, make sure you have a set to automatically download the latest episode, check out our latest content on YouTube, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. It would really help us out. And now, here we go. What do you think? I try not to. It gets me in trouble. I know it does. It does. This is like I'm exhausted. And it's I mean, the time, so it's the time change is a big part of it. Well, it is, but like these people have parties until one and two in the morning. Oh yeah, no, 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 Rick, don't do that. I like <laughs> all these people are like very nice to me and very good friends of mine, and they all expect me to be there. And like I'm a guy, I go to bed at eight o'clock. Okay. Not here. No, I don't. <laughs> Wait, how long was the first day we were here? Um, I think you turned in about 1, one thirty, local time. So that would be 20. It was, it was a pretty long day. 24, 25 hours, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. He's yet at, what, like 4.35 yeah. Eastern time? I can yeah. see it now. The shop's going to be moving out. Right. And you two are going to be freaking sleeping for a week. Oh, and here's exactly the worst part. Right. Time changes when we get back. Yeah. So it's going to be a four-hour difference when we get home. Well, no, it's going the other direction. So you get extra time to sleep, but... So it'll no, be like... lose an hour. It's oh, fall. Right. You fall back. Yeah. It's actually... No, it's not... <laughs> you're thinking it's spring forward. He's telling you... But it falls back. You don't lose it. You don't lose it. You gain an hour in the fall. You right. lose it in the spring. Okay. At two o'clock in the morning on Saturday, you're going to turn it back to one o'clock. I w- listen. I was going to oh, say. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, I was going to say that we were gonna, we were going to change the opening hours for the shop. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like we now open at nine a.m. <laughs> okay. Where are you at with the shop? I mean, we're not we're not doing anything now, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, we we can talk about it. It's fine. Oh. Um, okay, so 
last week, they, and, and I've made friends, like, I've got to the point that the inspectors understand what my desired outcome is, right? Yeah. And, and like, we're working together and everything's good, and they've been super accommodating after that crazy, the guy with the electrical panel deal, all that. that, that everything's been good since. Um, but I had missed an email from one of the engineers. I didn't miss the email. I saw the email. But in the email, it said, before we can give you the CO, he had forwarded an email from the county. Before we can give you the CO, this, 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 and this have to be done. Well, this was last year, right? And so we were calling for the final, and they're like, hey, it's on hold until you complete your watershed requirements. What the hell are my watershed requirements? So I search my email, and it's like I got to plant all these bushes, and I got to put all these buffers in. And so I start looking at the buffer, and, and I'm like, if I do a ten foot buffer, right? So the greenway that went in front of the cabins, right? They wanted a ten foot buffer in front of that, and I'm like, well, hang on now. It'd be the, the stream. Well, they want it on the other side. Oh, in our right? parking lot. In the parking lot. Our driveway. Right. They wanted to cut the driveway into, to, to put it in, like, into the middle of the driveway. And I'm like, here's the thing. I was like, we gave them an easement. And prior to that, there was a buffer between us and 321. There was trees and, and bushes and things down through there. So it's not like we didn't have it for the cabins because the cabins required it. It was part of the, the thing. Well, when they built the greenway, they took it out. Well, and the state's the one who built the greenway. So we're like, well, if you can take it out, if you can take the buffer out, you you can't just take our property away from us. It was not on the easement, right? You guys ate into the buffer. You should have said, like, hey, if they have to have a buffer, you can't tear their buffer out, right? I mean, that makes sense, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. So I go and I ask, and she said, no, no, you got to have it. And then she said, oh, by the way, you don't just have to have a 10-foot buffer, you have to have 10 foot from the easement. So that would be 10 foot from the center. You have to go 10 foot from that. And I'm like, that's 20 feet. That is the entire road. There's nowhere that doesn't work. Like it's not even, it's not possible. You're going to have a buffer and you guys are going to have to have this little button. Right. And the trees will drop down and you'll be able to drive in and the trees will go back up. <laughs> Some James Bond Some shit. Batman stuff uh, going on here. And so... Uh, so you know, like uh, then she emailed me. She emailed me back and she said, "Hey, I talked to them and they said just it's okay. Well, it doesn't have to be. You know, we're okay. So we got to build a, a thing around the dumpster. Hey, you want to see something really cool? Check this out. Um, let's see here. John Firm's giving Mike and Gunther some crap." He probably deserves it. Let's just be completely transparent about this, Rick. No, nobody deserves it. Not John Firm. Nobody does, and we all do. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it's John Firm. So, Uh, so the uh, I have the new NVR for the shop setup. Check it out. Is your wireless stuck here too? Right. So there's inside. Like so, I can see everything that's going on right now. So we got to build a fence around the dumpster. Everything that's not going on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. 
Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. I think they're done inside. All they've got to do is move the stuff outside. Right? But, so, yeah. So, when are you going to move in? Next week. I think when we get back, we'll be able to get our final. So I don't think it'll be a problem. See, they're moving all the junk from outside, cleaning everything up, getting everything ready to go. So I don't think we'll have any problems. Um, <laughs> you shut up. No, no, they're going back and forth. Oh, are they? Yeah. Um, okay. Did you get my text message? So long story short, this is a guy, like I get a lot of emails, right? Like a lot of them. And I thought this one was a compelling email this morning, right? And he says, I was listening to Podcast 84 about making the industry better. And there was some uh, awesome information in it. I especially appreciate the comment about it only takes five minutes to explain what may help improve a business, but it could take five years to convince someone of that, right? We've been there, haven't we? Yeah. (laughs) Shut up, Rick. Um, I've been in a small... I can't do that in my shop. <laughs> I've been in a small fleet shop for six years. <laughs> been trying to sell the boss on uh, on and implement standardized can jobs for our main services and diagnostic fabrication setup, one-offs, uh, things with no or low part sales in stages with their own rates for most of that time and just getting a little more traction lately. Um, and, and here's where it gets interesting. He says, my boss believes in continuous improvement and what he calls life work harmony. He's got a business coach, lead service advisor, outside salesman, and I, the foreman, are in leadership training. Boss is quite conservative, and the business seems to be financially pretty healthy. Unfortunately, our comfort zone still seems to be firefighting. Now, I'm going to stop right here for a minute. If you're firefighting... That's not comfortable. No, no, that's not a comfort zone. That's where we're used to. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. That's what we're used to. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us, you know, there's this old story about this uh, salesman. Right. Right. He's down in the south. He's walking from farm to farm. Yeah. And this this old timer sits and says, you know, he's out in the field and he says, hey, man, it's hot. Why don't we go, to, we'll go sit on the porch, have some lemonade. Right. So 
the salesman gets there and he sits and the you know farmer gets some lemonade for the two of them and they're sitting there and talking and the farmer's got this old coon dog yeah the old coon dog is sitting laying on the porch howling up a storm and and finally the salesman's like very uncomfortable about this and, and he goes to the farmer and says is your dog okay right he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just laying on a nail that's sticking up. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 the, and the salesman says to the farmer, he goes, why doesn't he move? I guess it just doesn't bother him enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> right? So we got to understand that where we are isn't a comfort zone. I mean, by law, right? right a comfort zone has got to feel good. Right. And now, that- it's dangerous. And because comfort zones shrink. Yeah. Right? Because you get into the comfort zone and you do less and you do less and you do less. And eventually that comfort zone turns into a caged zone. Right? Look, there's some real troublemakers behind you. Oh, God. Uh, look at <laughs> oh, that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, there's a show everywhere in Vegas. It's all uh, I know. That's it. <laughs> what? So, but I mean, like, I've been there, right? I, I remember those days. I do too with you. Right? They suck. But I mean like But that's you, all you, you don't, but that's all you knew. Right. And, and and you don't realize how uncomfortable you truly are. Right. And so you can see something better. Because sometimes we lie to our we don't sometimes we lie to ourselves all, all the, the time. time, yeah. Right? Where we're saying, Well, this is the all there is. This is the best yeah. it's ever gonna be. And and it's not true. Right? right? It's just as far as you can go by yourself. Right. Well, you don't have that perspective, right? Like, you lack the ability to see the big picture. Well, it's the forest and the trees thing. You're so stuck in the trees, you can't see the forest. Right. Right? It's not unusual, and it's not a a place to be ashamed of. Right. Right? Right. But the issue here is going to be, it sounds like... Whoever sent you that text is the coon dog sitting on laying on that nail. Right. Instead of being the maybe the owner's the one sipping the lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. But so, so maybe the owner's not aware of right the firefighting. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we we've talked about this a little bit because and, and Brian, I'm sorry, buddy. I got to bring you up again, Brian. Uh, my buddy Brian. Okay. And and we talked about him before. Remember I sent you emails from Brian? Yeah. Or like sent you some voice chats that, yeah. that I told him I was going to share with you? And so like Brian is in this thing where he's like really pushing the owner hard to improve the business. And the owner's like, meh. Right? Like, and so they're, they're coming to Brian and he's easily one of the best techs in the country. Right? Mm-hmm. Like easy. And so they're coming to Brian at four o'clock with a six hour job. Like, here you go. And I'm like, dude, you set this expectation. You keep doing the damn jobs. Absolutely. you got to set boundaries. <laughs> right. Like, if you keep doing them, guess what's going to keep happening? They're going to keep bringing you the jobs. That's, uh, that's how this is going to work. There's a magic word for boundaries. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, like, I think in his mind, like, if he's not doing what they want him to do, he's not serving them. Does that make sense? In other words, like, I think in his mind, he's not doing a good job if that's the case. But there's a difference between serving it and being a slave. Right. Right. And being at their beck and call all the time isn't healthy for Brian. It's actually not healthy, healthy for the shop either. Right. And 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 if Brian has a family, honestly, they're robbing time from his family. Right. You know, I think when we're at work, we work hard. Yeah. And when we go home. Yeah. We hold like I actually said this to a client last time I talked to him. 
because he was really stressing out. He couldn't leave the shop. Yeah. At, at the shop. I said, what I want you to do is lock the door. Yeah. I want you to put your hand on the door and say, it's going to be okay. You're going to be here tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And let it go. I mean, right. you and I, we talked a lot about this yeah. in the beginning. And yeah. and then be home and be be with your family. Right. And, and not because that, that's what happens, right, is we take work home. And then we're we're not at home, right? We're not either place, right? Well, the because, lights are on, but nobody's home, right? right. Because you're you're reliving the, all the the failures, you're reliving yeah. all the shortcomings, you're re- reliving everything that could have possibly gone wrong, kicking your behind the entire yeah. time. And and in reality, what happens is your family suffers, right? And then at at some point, you wake up the next morning, you're at work, yeah. And all of a sudden, you realize. Holy crap! I blew it last night, and so now you're now suffering you're spending at work. Your day at work, yeah. thinking about how you failed at home, and you end up in this cycle, right? You end up in this cycle where you spend your yeah. nights worrying about the shop, you spend your days worrying about the family, and you got it mixed up. Yeah, right. Exactly. So now you've just got to put your foot down and say, "Okay, it's shop time. I'm going to work at the shop." Because if you do that, you take all of your ability to do anything about either one of those things away, right? Oh, and, because and, 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 it, and everything goes in the toilet because it doesn't do any good to worry. It doesn't do any good to ruminate. It doesn't do any good to can I say yeah. ass kick? Yeah. Right. It doesn't do any good to kick your ass. If it did, I would teach people how to kick their own ass. Terry, can you try it? I'm too fat for that. <laughs> <laughs> Not fat. You're poofy. <laughs> oh, Terry's got a new nickname at work. Oh, boy. Uh, listen, I don't know if everybody knows this. This is Terra Bear or Terra Bethia or, I mean, what else is it? Uh, there's Terry a variety Bearing, of names. Uh, <laughs> Between you well, and Eric. Uh, you know, and, and so you remember uh, Tanika? And, yeah. right? Like, I, I, I'll never forget on her podcast, um, <laughs> she said, and, and she's sassy, right? She's oh. as sassy as it so, gets. Tonika is a handful, and I love her to pieces. Right. Right? And well, I love the energy she brings. Yeah. So, Tanika, when you're listening to this, uh, in no way am I disparaging your energy. Please don't change a thing. Amen. But so she's, she's like... Um, she said, you know, she said, I figured it out. And I said, what have you figured out? She said, my car runs just damn fine. And I'm like, what? She's like, my car runs fine. I don't care about theirs. I go out and get my car and I'll leave. You can be as mad as you want at me. It ain't my problem. You know what I mean? Like, Well, we've got to understand the boundaries. And, yeah. And, you know, and Tanika works with me. So, I, I yeah. mean, I know, you know. Right? And I love it. Uh, because you never have to wonder what she's thinking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I, and I mean that truly is a blessing. So, but she's absolutely right. Yeah. You know, their problems are not our problems. We're there to serve them, but there's got to be a window of service because yeah. at some point you turn into a martyr. And yeah. you carry that weight. Nobody sees it. Nobody appreciates it. Right. And anybody that's really close to you, they suffer. Well, I mean, like in Brian's situation, right? Like the as we dug in. Right, we've talked a lot about it. We've we've spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours talking about this. And so, one of the things that I figured out about it was is is, you know, Brian's like, well, the dude's killing himself. He's like, that, that's why I feel so committed to like not just saying no, I'm not doing that. He's like, because I see him in there writing service, and he's there at six a.m. and he's there till nine o'clock at night. And like, so we start working through the numbers and and. A little bit of knowledge is almost more dangerous than no knowledge, right? To a degree. And, and I mean that with respect. I'm not saying anything bad about Brian. I'm just saying, like, 
he's at that phase where he's got a little bit of knowledge and he's got a little bit of the data, but he doesn't have all the data from the shop. He doesn't have the full perspective no. that an owner would, right? No, there's a lot of holes he's filling in. Right, exactly. And so one of the things that we cleared up was is that the hours per hour are like sub two, right? They're probably close to an hour. Mm-hmm. And so they're running a ton of cars and they're probably a $2 million a year shop. And they've got multiple shops, but everything falls on Brian's back. And it falls on the owner's back because the owner's up here writing service. And he's like, well, I can't charge more. I can well, show him how to do it, make it three and make it a lot easier. Right. Well, I mean, with less cars, right? You <laughs> yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? And so, like, I'm, I'm listening to this and and I'm hearing this story. And Brian's like, I don't understand why he won't listen. I'm like, because he is afraid. Yeah. Right? Like, he's so thick in the middle of, like, working on the business that he can't see this concept that, hey, the business is broken. This should, this is not what it's supposed to be like. But it's all he knows. Right. But here's the thing. You know, there's sta- there's stages. And, you know, I see a shop owner start out, and they're all excited about it and everything. And yeah. we're going to take over the world, which is amazing. I love that. I love that stage. Yeah. Right? Where the, it's just filled with possibility. Right. Now, the problems are still there. Yeah. Right? But they're focused on the possibility. Right. Now, at some point, what happens is shop owners tend to change the focus so they're not seeing the possibility anymore. They're seeing right. just the problems. Possibilities are still there. Right. Okay. But their focus changed. The focus changes. Right. Brian has a good heart. I don't even, I, I've never talked to Brian. I don't know Brian, but I can right. tell he has a good heart. Yeah, of course. But what happens is when you start out in this stage where it's like brand new and it's exciting. Yeah. Everybody in your family, everybody's all for you, and they're right. and, and they're advocates, and they're pushing for it, and they're like, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. But what happens is when you're in a model like that business owner is, yeah, at some point the family starts to see the business not as a resource, yeah, they see it as competition, yeah, okay, yeah. and you know we all should work, but we shouldn't live to work we should work to live right Right. i agree and you know this guy doesn't know any better and it's normal for him and he's afraid to change because what he gets works air quotes right um but it really doesn't yeah it's not sustainable it's not sustainable and what you want to do like I, i was talking to a couple shop owners this morning and their issue was hey man i like i'm here and i'm freaking out yeah. And I'm like, why? And they said, because, like, man, we're doing great. We're doing $2 million a year, $2.5 million a year. I said, that's amazing. They said, until I go away and then it falls apart. Right. And I said, that's your leadership leadership structure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got the wheel and the hub. You're the hub. Everything goes through you. It works great while you're there. Right. What happens if you had to go away for three months? Yeah. Right? Hey, no sustainability in the business, right? Like, no, exactly. it's not It's not self-thriving. It's not... And, and, and I want to make sure, like, full transparency, I believe in that completely, right? I got nothing to hide. Um, last year, I went through something with my back. Yeah. And yeah. it was tough. And, I mean, Brenda was wondering, man, what's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, and you, Lucas, and Eric, uh, I mean, you, uh, Tom. Tom and Eric, um, really stepped up and helped out. Right. And it made us realize, you know something, what we've got isn't sustainable we've got to do something different and grow through this right well and i mean like it, it, that that's something that i think about a lot right like so recently i went on that journey of of the key person insurance mm-hmm. and the disability insurance and the life insurance and the things because like 
you know, and, and when we started working together, I never had like full blown responsibility, right? Like, and I think that I think that's a lot of still don't. But well, go ahead. <laughs> well, but I mean, like, we, we, and we've talked about this. It's like when we when we started working together, I didn't have overhead, right? Like, if I didn't, no, you overhead, had nothing, right? And so now. I've got $10,000 a month in payments, right? Like... Now you've grown up. Right, exactly. (laughs) And now, you know what I mean? Like, I need to be able to say, like, hey, if something happens to me, the business has to go on. There's got to be a level of responsibility. You've got to start thinking succession plan. You've got to start thinking cross-training and and different things. And get yourself out of the... Right, because, I mean, if, if, if that is... Because, I mean, how many people do we know that they live their entire life working in the business? That sucks, right? Like the purpose of the business was not to kill you. And let me ask you a question. As a rule, how happy are they? Oh, they're miserable. Because they've bought into the lie that this is all there is. Right. Right? I can't find good people. That's a lie. Yeah. I can't train my people. That's a lie. I can't delegate to my people. That's a lie. Right? I can't trust them. I can't. You're not delegating properly. You're not... You're not growing them properly. You're not hiring the right people. Yeah. There's so many different things about this that can be better. And yes, it's a journey. And yes, you're going to fall down. And yes, there's some pain involved. But in that process, you become a better person. Well, I mean, like, so let's let's think about this this email, right? Because one of the things that stood out to me, right? And I, I was bad for this for a while. And there's still times like there's a twinge of emotional pain mm-hmm. that makes me think about doing stuff like this, right? But so this guy says, um, you know, we're talking about the economy and what may happen with the economy. And one of the things that, that we it sounds like we're going to trend to is we'll lower our standard of service. We'll lower our quality if the economy tanks. Right? And I'm like, no. Right. Well, I mean, like I remember, I remember a time when, when something would happen, an adversary reaction or a, a, an external factor would pop up in life. Right. And my response was, well, I've got to change something about me. I've got to do something different. I've got to lower my price. I've got to, I've got to give in to that client who wants to pay less money. Right. No. And, well, and and so now I look at that, and that seems effing crazy. Right, yeah. I'm a professional. It's my job to set the professional standard. I wouldn't go to the doctor and be like, "Hey, listen, doc, we're in a recession. Could you lower your standard of service just a little bit for me?" Right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah, no. You know, the reality is, and please understand, we're in some unique times. Yeah, everybody's talking recession, but we have record unemployment. Yeah, lowest since 2020. Yeah, right. Right now, we're three and a half percent as yep. of September. Yep. GDP is growing. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Ne- this has never been seen before. Yeah, yeah. We're in we're in like no man's land where no yeah. one knows what the hell's going on right now. Right. And they're talking recession and they're talking, yeah, the inflation's a real thing. But let's face it, we've been printing so much money over the last two years. Yeah. The inflation's a natural byproduct of that. Exactly. And exactly. so this is all gonna level out. The recession stuff, man, I'm not so completely bought into it. And we're not recession proof. We're recession resistant. Yeah, yeah. And you just gotta you gotta be more aware of what your clients are going through. Right. Because here's the thing: when we were going through COVID, right, the dirty five letter word. At the height of it, unemployment was at twenty four percent. 
Right. How did the shops do? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and and so let, let's think about this for a minute, right? Because there, there's another factor on top of all of that. The used car price is what forty percent higher than it's ever been no before. No new cars. Right. No <laughs> no chips coming from anywhere right now. The, right, and I mean you can't stop driving. No. Right. That's not going to happen. We're in a perfect storm right now for the our industry, the independent aftermarket right. auto industry, and I think. The next ten to twelve years is going yeah. to be an absolute gold mine for us. Well, but I mean, like we've talked about two thousand eight, right? We've talked about you had two clients in two thousand eight, and one of them retracted, right? Like stopped yeah. advertising, got super afraid, got scared. I, I even before anything sell. happened, right? Exactly, the recession, <laughs> and and that and that poor guy went out of business. Yeah, you know, I had another guy like a mile away. Yeah. Right, so he's in the same market. Right, and he said to himself, "Okay, people aren't going to buy new cars now." Yeah, because of the recession back in two thousand eight, um, people are scared. But there's ninety, like yeah, unemployment's at ten percent. Right, but that means ninety percent are working. Right, sometimes exactly. we got to flip the statistic around, look at it a little bit different, and, and get yeah. it from a different pr- perspective. And then he said, "You know, people are afraid, and I've got to." I've got to have a financing option or two available. Right. And I've got to be able to help them with splitting up the repairs. Right. Best year ever. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we got to change our mindset, but it doesn't change how we show up. It doesn't change the intention and focus. But, I mean, if you react in emotion, right? And we were talking to Murray just a few minutes ago, and one of the things I said is, my, and you know this, one of my favorite quotes is where Warren Buffett says, you can tell him to go to hell tomorrow, right? right. Like, don't make a decision right now. Slow down. And don't make it in emotion, right? No, because no. emotion is not a factual thing. It's well, here's a, the thing. When you make a decision in an emotional state, it's actually not a decision. It's a reaction. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Right. Because you're not using your neocortex, the frontal part of your brain, right. to decide what's going on. You're allowing the limbic system in your brain, the emotional center, right. to dictate how you see things. Right. And, you know, there was a gr- there's a great book out there called Peaks and Valleys. Okay. And... I believe it's by Sheldon Bowles. I, I, I could be wrong about that, but the name of the book is Peaks and Valleys. Right. It's a short book. It's not a long book. But the one thing I remember about that, I read it 20 years ago. Okay. Never make a decision in a valley. Right. Yeah. Never yes. make a decision. You will that makes always, good sense. always, always regret right. a decision made in a valley. Right. So sleep on it. Yeah. Talk it through. Don't let somebody else speed you up. That is a, that is a tactic yeah, to that get the other side will use to get you to salespeople and yeah to make yeah. a decision in a in a lower state. Um, so yeah, you don't want to do that. You want to be able to really think it through. Ask some other, get some other perspectives, um, and have somebody that can kind of ground you every once in a yeah. while. Yeah, I agree. And and you know, luckily we've got. Like all of us have a, a network of like really good friends, and and I've got you and and Tom and Eric and like our, our group of people, right? Like David and Dutch, and and I, I think about that, and I think about all these owners, and I, I like in Brian's case, I think about his owner. His owner is not part of the industry. No, right? technically, it's not his owner. <laughs> I just want to clear that up what? for everybody in ASUG. You're an independent person, Brian, and we love you. Uh, or whoever this guy is that that's emailing you, uh, yeah. Rick Rick found out about that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you don't own people, Rick. Not anymore. <laughs> Not 
No, Lincoln fixed that for us. Um, but, you know, I, I think about that, right? Like, I think about that a lot is that, that oftentimes he's not part of it. He's not, not part, part of what? Because you're saying yet, I don't know. What he's you not mean. part of the industry. He's not. He doesn't. The owner's not. Exactly. He's not plugged in. Yeah, he's, he's in an island. Right. And so he doesn't see that something's wrong because he doesn't have the perspective of it. He doesn't have somebody there. Like if I, man, if I screw up, I don't know where the bleep button is. If I really fuck something up, you or Tom or David or Dutch or somebody's like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like it, it's not going to take long before somebody's calling me. And Tom's called me a couple times and been like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? In his Pennsylvania. I can't even. No. Couldn't even. You don't want me no, to try well, that. Guess what? He can't do yours either. So we're all right. <laughs> That's probably a good I thing. I met some friends last night from Massachusetts when I was up there. We were really close and tight. Haven't yeah. seen him in probably seven years. Right. And at one point I whipped out the y'all. Right. And they were like, what is that? <laughs> Y'all smell what I'm stepping I li- in? I, li- I live in Virginia now for about 17 years. The y'all right. has kind of slipped and, in. It's become part of your verbiage now, yeah. you know? So, oh. so, you know, the reality is that's why something like Apex, like there's great groups. You know, start small if you want to. Yeah. You know, there's different groups that you go, go into or, right. or, or, or uh, shows that you can go into. We were at Tools and there was 80, 80, 80 shops there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we went to ASTE and there was what, 700? Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, actually, I think we were really close to 1,000. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. I think we're really it close to It was a great 1, show. I love ASTE. I love tools. Um, you know, even like something like Super Saturday, that's yeah. next weekend. Uh, it, it, Vision. I mean, you can go up in, in size. Vision's got about 4,000 people that come to Vision. Yeah. And now we're at Apex. And Apex is really pretty cool because it is the apex of this industry. Yeah, it's insane. There's over 130,000 people just here. Just here. Not counting SEMA. SEMA, yeah. What was the – did you hear the number the other night that they said? Did you hear that? And I can't remember exactly, but the Uber driver said, yeah, he's like, it's something like 450,000 people. It is crazy. And and one of the best things you can do, I did as a shop owner, I I joined ASA at the time. And we went to cars, yeah. which was the Congress of Automotive Repair and Service. Yeah. And it was on top of Apex. So I went to Apex, and all of a sudden I'm realizing, holy crap, Yeah, I'm a part of something that's really amazing. Way bigger than you ever thought. Oh, about. my gosh, yes. I mean, there's 250,000 independent de- yeah. uh, garages and shops. And then there's, what, 18,000 dealers, I think, in the country. Yeah. You're a pot or something that's really huge. And by the way, I want you to think about those numbers for just a sec. Yeah. 250,000 independent repair facilities. Yeah. 18,000 dealers. Exactly. Think about that for a second, fellas. Well, I mean... And, and, and ladies, please don't... don't. Take so, that. I mean, what... I'm going to be careful how I transition into this. Uh, we're going to have to see a change, right? Right, and and so we, one of the big talks that, that's happened all weekend. I'm not agreeing until you finish that whole thought because I'm going to need you to say yes, <laughs> and then we'll where? edit that in. Where no, that's <laughs> that's Terry's category. Um, we we're going to have to see a change in our industry, right, as a whole. And and so part of the conversations have been had is there's this huge scanner Danner post that blew up, right? Okay. 
we've talked to a couple different people about it, but one of the things that came up was, is he was, somebody commented and said, hey, if you can't fix my car in an hour with all of your advanced technology and everything else, if you can't figure out what's wrong with it in an hour, F you, I'm going somewhere else, right? God bless and, you. Exactly. Well, and, and so he said, how do we fix that? And so we had a talk about it and I made a comment on the post and he said, yeah, but he said, like, I, I hear you saying that we just stop doing it, right? We don't tolerate that. And, and what do you we, mean stop doing it? I mean that, that that consumer is not my consumer, right? That's not somebody who's going to be oh, happy. Oh, hell no. Right? They're not going to be a good fit in the shop. No. And so they're not going to be in the shop. And so we've taught consumers that it's okay to do that, but that doesn't mean it's okay in my shop to do that. It's my job to set the expectation. So when I say stop, that's what I mean. But this is part of your boundary system. Yeah. I'm not going to allow somebody walking in off the street to dictate my standard of quality, yeah. My standard of experience, my standard for performance, or my standard for behavior in my well, shop. So exactly, and so then we start seeing more advanced technology, right? We know it's coming; it's already here. Oh yeah, and and so what does that mean for those shops? You've either got a shop that's growing, or you got a shop that's dying. That's all there is, right? I there am. is no in between. You're growing or you're dying. You can't coast, right? Right? Coast, you go downhill. You coast. I haven't seen anybody ever coast up, right? Right. Uh, well, I mean it. It, Mystery Hill, you can water does run uphill. Okay, okay. Um, but I just gave Luke a stink eye. Uh, but my point in all of that, though, is that that you know what we're talking about here, and what what's going around and around is that Paul comes back and he's like, "Yeah, I get that," and, and I said we need to call the industry right because we got to get some people out if they're not going to do that. It's not our job to do it, but you the, can't. If, you don't have the power to call them out. I understand that. And, and here's I'm not, the thing. There's three people behind them. That are going to fill that spot. That are going to fill that spot. And they've always been there. And they always will. Right. And so I guess my point is is that the technology that's coming in is going to limit their ability. There's going to be a barrier of entry we've never seen before. Right? Would They're you agree with that? They're going to do what they've done in 20—you know, back when—you know, back—I'm uh, old enough— Right. To remember when we transitioned from points to electronic ignition and everybody thought the industry was going to go away. I, I thought you were going to say from Model A to Model T, but okay. <laughs> Just thinking of no, 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 no hand gestures right now. Um, I'll still take you out back, boy. Um, so, but seriously, and... Literally, I would go to a class, yeah, a Delco class. Roy Schoenfeld, amazing, amazing instructor. He would, tie, you know, draw right. up, illustrate the the electronic ignition, and then on the front of it would put FM, right? Because nobody knew how to teach transistors yet. Yeah, right. And it's all okay, but that technology, all people did was start changing parts, right. It's not going to change. we got to realize, it, it, how do I want to say this? Those people are always going to be there. Right. And if I spend my time staring at them, I'm taking focus off what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and where I'm going. Yeah. Right? I, absolutely. And, and so that was my message to him. Right? Because I, I explained that. Right. And I go through my post and, and he's making a difference. Right. Like we know he's making an impact. Absolutely. He's, he's teaching technicians things that they, they never even saw, which is amazing. Right. How right. in our groups, how big is Scanner Danner in our oh, groups? Huge. Right. 90, huge. I'll bet you 90 percent of our yeah. our groups have Scanner Danner yeah. subscriptions. Absolutely. Okay? I haven't Absolutely. met Paul yet. I would love to meet Paul. Yeah. Um, 
But the reality is there's still going to be some shops and technicians that go, I don't need that crap. Right. Um, I, I can fix it without that stuff. Right. Right. Well, and there, there's shops that there's shops that profit in changing parts. Amen. And, and they just keep going. And unfortunately, the consumer who doesn't want to pay. Yeah. You know, it was funny. I had back in the day, I had the shop. And I had a woman come in with a car that had a problem, drivability problem. Right. And I said to her, I, I said, okay, here's our level one testing. Here you go. Right. We're yeah. not going to talk price because that's, we've got to be careful. So I said, here's the authorization. I just need you to sign right here. We'll get started on it. She goes, I don't want to pay that. Right. And I said, well, I can, well, we do this so that we don't have to keep calling you back. Right. Um, I'm happy we can do it for this much. And, and the, I, but I'm honestly, we're probably going to end up calling you again. She goes, I don't want to pay that much. And I said, well, what do you want to pay? And she goes, I don't pay anything. <laughs> At which point I said, but you've been to four other shops. And she goes, yeah, and they didn't charge me for testing. And I said, yeah, but they didn't fix it. And, so, and I said I said to her, I said, instead of us throwing parts at it like they've all done, all right. we're going to go in and we're going to go in with a scalpel, figure out what's going on, and we're going to take it out right there, surgically right. remove it. I don't want to pay that. I handed her her keys back. Here you go. Here you go. And she goes, what are you doing? I said, I can't help you. Right. Well, so he, here's what he says. He says, we have another huge problem, though. Most shops are part changers with no real lead diagnostic tech. And these shops are the ones conditioning these customers about how little value diagnostic time brings them. How do we fight that? You don't. We're eating ourselves alive with these bad calls from these code reading part swapping shops, which are the majority. I don't think they're as major as you think they are. Yep. He, I think he, from his, where he is, because of who he is. That's what he's, fo- no, no. This is what he's focused right. on. Right. Right? You can change the focus and, and start to look for the shops that are doing a good job. We're aiming creatures. And, and because we're aiming creatures, what we focus on is what we're going to aim towards, is what we're going to see, well, it's it, what's going to be. It's what gets our attention, right? Yeah. Um, and. You know, for me, what it's going to do, what it's doing to whoever you're talking to right now is it's kind of bringing him down. Yeah. So now let me ask you a question. How's he showing up for work? How excited is he to do the work he's doing? How much does he love what he does now? Right. Excuse me. Because he's completely focused on this minority. And they are a minority. Yeah. Maybe 20%. Okay. So you think 20% of the part change in... 20 to 30 of our industry is in parts changing mode. Eventually it's not going to work for them. Right. Yeah. Right. And they're yeah. either going to fall down and fall out or they're going to step up and, and learn, but that's their choice. And that's part of living in this country. I'm busy running my own race and he should be re- busy running his race. Yeah. Amen, buddy. And, Amen. and what he wants to do is not worry about what these guys are doing because the reality is yes, you know, a car owner is going to come to them and they might be able to do something and they're going to change parts yeah. and they're going to figure it out. But at some point, they're going to get burned. Yeah, of course. And they're going to end up going to a real shop. Okay? They're Even for that one time. And honestly, John Ruskin says it best. When you're charging, when your client only sees the cheapest price, they're lawful prey. Yeah. Right? To those yeah. kind of shops. And you're never going to change that. Yeah. Don't try. Run your race. Do the best you can. Yeah. Be the best you can. When someone comes back to you and says, well, that's too much, 
ask questions, don't react, ask questions, understand right. better. And then once you understand it, flip it to a value conversation instead of dealing with the cost. You got, you got me off on a kick. You okay. got me off on a kick. I want you to listen to this. Hang on. Okay. We're going to make sure this isn't like super duper loud. You know Laura Lee, right? Lola? No. no. You don't know? Okay. You're getting ready to. Hi. I want to give you a little bit of an insight into sticking to your guns and why it's important. About two months ago, we made a pretty radical change in our business where we said, we're not going to do any more individual oil changes. You can't come and get an $89 oil change from us anymore because it didn't make sense to our business model anymore. We did a tremendous amount of oil changes. It was how we looked under cars, made uh, customers, did engagement. And it's really how we built our business. But as we've had a dynamic shift in the kind of cars that come to us through the years and the kind of work that we do, we realized that all services and all brands weren't serving us any longer. And with the price of oil going up and the amount of engine work that we do and large repairs, oil changes have become a pain in our side. We already had them limited anyways to how many could come in a day. But we found that they were just really digging into the numbers too, right? And like just killing the profit. It just wasn't very awesome. So we gutted them. We cut out an individual oil change and we made some maintenance packages which you could wrap it up with some other services to be able to get an oil change. But you couldn't just come and get one from us anymore. Did we make some people mad? Yeah, we sure did. Um, part of that was lack of communication on our end about the change. Part of it was become so, because some people are just crappy and don't understand, don't like change. Um, some people went to Facebook and complained. Um, but here we are in month two of it. People are starting to realize we're not going to bend if you complain. We're not going to offer you back an oil change just because you're being crappy and throwing a fit. We've stayed the course and continued to talk about the maintenance package. And now what is occurring is people are requesting the maintenance package. People are writing reviews about how good the maintenance package is because it helps them a lot and it was very convenient for them. If you go back on what you say you're going to do because somebody throws a fit, you will get nowhere in business. We knew that those oil changes were clogging up our shop. They were interrupting big work. The technicians were not happy, and they were cutting into our GP. So what we have seen in the last month is our GP go up tremendously. Our guys are happier because they're not having to do frivolous services. Um, we've had little to no comebacks of silly things like a missed whatever it might be because they're not interrupted. And we have retained really amazing clients and gotten rid of the ones that only came in for $89 and wouldn't buy anything else. Those people can go clog up someone else's shop. So, so you know why I'm smiling, right? Uh-huh. Because how many years have I been saying? Yeah. We don't do oil changes. Right. We do services. Exactly. And and so here was my point of showing that, right? Is it's not even necessarily about should you do oil changes or not. It's the fact that somebody took a decision and said, I'm going to do something different. And guess what? They didn't go out of business. No. Most of the, you know, most of the time, you're not going to go out of business. That's just such a scare. Right. You know, the reality is you just got to find your tribe. You got to yeah. find the people that love what you do and and then grow on it. And, you know, they got some great direction, I think. 
Um, and I do know them. I we talked a bunch at she's ASD. She's a who? Uh, her and her she's son, uh, Eric, right? Yeah, Eric's her Eric. husband. Yeah, she's listen. Yeah. I, I, I should point out. I have to say nice things about her, but she's very. She's a very terrifying person. Oh, she's not. She's cool. She's terrifying. She's like and the I, coolest thing ever. And listen, she, I, I, I don't want to say it like too loud, but I mean, like she, she beats people who disagree with her, and so. I, oh, she's te- there's a tenaciousness in her that is a gift. So it's pretty terrifying for the rest of us, but I just need to point that out. No, <laughs> she's no. gonna kill me. This has become a pretty common thing. Like every episode, Laura Lee's at me. Yeah, point out no, I, they were at my ASD classes, and they were awesome. They're up in they're, Ohio, right? Yeah, they're awesome people. Hey, Brett, faithfully. They'll let anybody in this place. Have you I noticed know, that? I know. You pay the bill, and they're, you're there. But I Brett's know, right? awesome. He is. Um, but really, you know, the whole thing here is you can't – what have I said for years? You can't grow a business from a place of fear. Yeah. When you're afraid, you contract. It yeah. is a normal human behavior – yeah. You can't be afraid and and grow out. Yeah. It's not possible. You've got to have somebody there that can help you, somebody that can cheer you on, somebody that can guide you, somebody that can see yeah. the forest through the trees. Um, I mean, I mean, we did some scary shit in the beginning. Yeah, too. dude, it was terrifying. What are you talking you about? Know? It's still scary. I just don't pay attention to it anymore. It's not. No, the building is scary right yeah, now. You're going to be is. fine. But the, but honestly, I mean, your stress level all the time, I mean, well, that was one of the biggest things we worked on in the beginning. Yeah, dude, I was a basket of nerves. I was all the hell. Always. Right? Always. And, and and here's the thing. I remember the I remember the conversation about the worry tree, right? Yeah. Like hang it up when you come in, because I wasn't going home and being dad. I wasn't going home and, and like that was the purpose of the business at that point, right? And so like what was the point of that? You know what I mean? Like, why? If I can't be dad, if I can't be a husband, if we're not making it? any money, then shut the shop down and go get a job. Exactly. And and the thing is, but then you don't have the potential. Yeah. That the shop has for you, and I mean, I see great things for the shop moving yeah. forward. I think in the next twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, we're going to do big things. You're going to do some pretty cool things, and I'm excited to be a part of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, there's so much out there. Again, everywhere we go, there's possibility and problems. Yeah. And my only question is, what are you focused on? Yeah. Now, yeah. don't pretend the problems aren't there. That's, that's, but I mean, like, that's it, delirious. It, it, it's almost like, so when we talk about Paul, right? Like, Paul is a deductive reasoner, right? And that, why is his material so successful? It's because he talks deductive reasoning, right? right? And it makes sense. It's obvious. Sherlock Holmes, right. baby. Exactly. And so he puts it up on the list and he says, here's the potentials. What are you going to knock off the list, right? And I mean, I, I fuss at Terry all the time because I'm like, dude, you're like, you're rabbit holing this. You're going, and I'm not talking about the oh, bourbon. No. By I the way. No, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. You yeah. got the tech that says it's the mass airflow sensor, and he spends three hours trying to prove it's the mass airflow sensor, <laughs> and it's something else over here. Here's what here's what I taught my techs to do. Right. I want you to write down everything that could cause it. Oh my God, Terry, that sounds so familiar or something. Sounds I mean, a little familiar. And I, then, just, and then, what are the fewest number of tests you can run to eliminate? Yeah. Diagnostics is nothing but a process of elimination. Yes. Whatever is left. All right. And the basic testing is. methods. That's why when you do it wrong, it's always a bad computer. Right. Right. Well, and I mean, so what, I, what I've been talking to Paul about is like, he, you know, he talks about his brother's shop, right? He talks about like, hey, I, I see the struggle. I see what he's going through. I see. Like, and I... 
you know, it, it, it's neat for me, and I, I feel for them both, but it's neat for me because Paul is deeply close with his brother, right? Mm-hmm. And has been for a long time. And so in the podcast we recorded with Paul, Paul, without saying it, you could tell Paul had seen a change in his brother since he took ownership of the shop. And he could see him change. And that's a little tough for me to hear. That's a little tough for me to think about because you know some of the stuff I went through. Right? And we change. And we we become somebody different. And the course we're on can change what that, right? Like the information we're getting, the choices we're making with the business. It's, it's, it's what we allow it to do. Yes. Yes, right? absolutely. Because, you know, there's a really book, great book called The Coffee Bean by John Gordon. Okay. And he, he basically says life is like boiling water. Right. If you put carrots in boiling water, what happens? You boil carrots. And, but what happens to the carrot? What's the consistency? They get soft. Soft and mushy, yes? Yeah. So what if I take an egg and I put egg in boiling water? What happens? It becomes a boiled egg. It gets hard. Harder. Yeah. Right. Both of those are reacting to the situation, to the yeah. environment. Right. But let's take a coffee bean and put a coffee bean in the boiling water. What happens? We turn it into coffee. It changes the water. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It changes the water. Yeah. You know, and what happens is with life, if we allow it. Yeah. Right? Life is going to knock us down. That's not, that's not, that's not up for debate. Right. right? Yeah. It, what's up for debate is do I get back up and how quickly do I get back up? And what does that knockout, that knockdown do to me? Well, and, and so uh, that's kind of my point, right? Like when we talk about that, that's my point is because I think about his brother going through that. You know what I'm saying? And I think about all the shop owners that we know that have come really close to losing it all and have become basket cases over this. And, and uh, look, at the end of the day, you could just go get a job and you wouldn't have to become a basket case. You but wouldn't have put to put more emotion to it. Like I'm a failure and I, yeah. I can't do this. Look, I fail. I've failed. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I've gone bankrupt. I've gone. I've been divorced. I've. I mean, yeah. I've gone through everything you could possibly the tax liens, everything you can think of. Yeah. But the reality of it is, none of it's fatal. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, remember I talk about the, the football coach when they were talking about firing him? can't remember which coach it was. And he said, well, they can't eat me. You know, no, like, it's, like, it's like, fine, I'll go someplace else. Right. Well, I mean, I just, so I think about his brother in this. And the fact that his brother, as these two brothers, he can see him change. Right? Because I don't think, I think it's, it's talking about boiling water, right? Like the frog in the pot. And you start turning the heat up, and you don't realize you're changing. No, you but but you can if you step back. But how I, many I'm do? Gonna say, I'm going to say something very sexist, okay? Okay. So, ladies, please forgive me. Women are so typically in touch with themselves and where they're at and their feelings. Guys, we're we're friggin' oblivious to what what we're yeah. feeling, right? Right. And women have nine million different feelings. Yeah. Guys have six. Right. Right. And we are so bad at it. I I can remember Brenda coming to me and going, what are you mad about? And I'm like, I'm not mad. And she goes, yeah, you are. And she's like, no, you know, I'm I, I, like, no, I'm not. And she's like, yeah, you are. And I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to, right? Right, right. And, but the reality is, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, holy crap, I really was mad. And I just wasn't aware of it. I think as kids were brought up to push through and push down feelings. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? But things don't. 
when things are going really, really good, it feels amazing, but it isn't. The, it, it's not really that good. Yeah. Right. And when yeah. things are really, really bad, as bad as it feels, it's really not that bad. Right. Right. I, I just, I want people to understand that in everything we go through, if we can step back objectively a little bit, and we can look for the lesson. Yeah. My back, when I went through my back, I went through a year of hell. Yeah, it sucked. It sucked, okay? And there was medical medicine issues and, I mean, all kinds of stuff yeah. that went with it. Complications from surgery. I could have gotten, I could have been the egg. I could have gotten really hard and bitter about it. Right. But I've been given the gift of being able to step back and say, what, what's here for me? Yeah. One of the things I had to learn was I was, I had to learn to let people help me. Yeah. Right? Right. It was a big deal for me to say when you and Tom and Eric came up and said, we're going to help you with this. It was hard for me to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I remember. That, that was a I big remember. deal. That was a big growth thing for me. We all need help. We're not supposed to go through life alone. Right. And, you know, there's been other things. And now I'm walking without a cane. I'm walking without the walker anymore. And you don't have your little scooter. I don't have my scooter anymore. Right. And, and it's one of those things where, like, I got to tell you, people, please understand, every step I take right now is like a little prayer yeah, of thanks. Absolutely, right? yeah. You don't realize what you have until you don't have it anymore. Right. Nothing is fatal. Well, and and, and that's, that comes back full circle to what I'm talking about, right? Is that, that because in that case, they're so in tune with one another, one can see the other one declining. So, so one what, can see the so, other one, and maybe declining is not the word. No, but one changing, getting bigger, yeah. getting you know more calloused and hardened. Yeah, right. But sit back and you know if Chris could sit down and talk to his brother about it, like, dude, you're changing. Yeah, right. And and maybe what what his brother needs is a coach or a different coach if he's not getting. Because I mean, really, I mean, how much happier are you? Oh, yeah. Through the process versus when we yeah. started. Oh, yeah. Way happier. Right? And you yeah. look at somebody like Eric or even Tom. I mean, Tom's gone through some stuff and, you know, my heart goes out to him. But yeah, he's, back, he's getting back on top of it. Yeah. And, yeah. But as a rule, business should fill you up. Yeah. It business. should not be. It, it should not be taking you to a place that you don't want to be. It should not be taking away from your family. It should not be. It, it, you should not feel more stressed. Right. Like, I have to do this. You right. don't have to do anything. It's a right. choice every day. You know, I, I tell people all the time, your shop's for sale every day. And they yeah. go, no, it's not. And I'm like, yeah, it is. If it's not on the market, you're the one buying it. Yeah. Make sure it's worth buying. Yeah. And it's just being able to see the gift and the growth and the challenges aren't there to hold you down. They're there to help you become a better person. Yeah. There, you know, when you set a sales goal, it's to help you become a better person, because you can't, you can't achieve a new goal by staying the same person. Right, and and sometimes we have to go through the scary. Sometimes we have to go through the uncomfortable. And it should to get every to the. Day, but every day should scare you. Yeah. Right. How scared are you with the new building? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's there. Like a yeah. what? Like a seven or an eight out of ten. No, I'm I'm more of a five. It's the the things that bother me. Like I think about 
Like, so right now, and, and, and we talked about this with Mike Allen yesterday. Right now, like, I, for instance, the uh, the Tara Topple video. Tara Topple. She killed me. Um, we, we did a video, and I said, does the stress go down when the building's done? And she said, no. And I said, don't tell me that. Well, what I mean is, is that, like, with everything else I'm doing, the podcast, the, the shop stuff, the association stuff, everything else, the one thing I can't control, right? Because what's the one trait that I have that you know I have that if I want to do something, I'm going to bullhead through it, right? Like, I'm going to get it done. Come hell or high water, I will and make it happen. That's all there is to it. The shop can't do that, right? I, I can't go up against them and say, no, we are doing this. You don't understand. Like, I'll do whatever I have to do to make this happen. They, they just, no. Who's they? The county. The ins- oh, yeah, but they're just there. They're just a nuisance. I understand they're that. They're a mosquito to your life. I understand that. But you see, my point, though, is like there's lots of things that I've encountered with that no. that I can't bullhead. No, but you know what it has done? What? It's helped you to improve your skills to influence people. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So now you're better at influencing. Right. But so I guess my point is, is like when we talk about the pain or the fear of the new shop, the like... I know how to run the shop, right? Like, I know the numbers. I know what the shop's supposed to do. I know how to do that. Like, I can make that happen. The the fears I have are we move into the new shop, we lose our efficiency. We move into the new shop, we don't have enough work for it, and we got to, like... You got to pump it up, and it's right. got to take time, but yeah. now you're going to become a better communicator, and yeah. you're going to become a right. better leader, and it's all okay. The stresses don't go away. It changes. Two things happen. Number one... Right. You get comfortable yeah. at this new level. I can remember when I bought my shop in 1995, payroll was $3,000 a week and I was shitting bricks. Right, okay? right, yeah. I sold the shop seven years later um, and payroll was $10,000 a week and I didn't even think about it. Yeah, it was just a thing, right? It was So we get used to it, number one. Yeah. But number two, other things come in that we start to work on so for, so in other words, when you get into the shop, you're no longer worried about getting into the shop. Right. Now it's going to be filling it and getting great people to work and become right. a part of the team. And how do I build the culture and the environment that people want to be in? And, and see, those are the things I enjoy, right? But they're still stressors. They There's, can't. They can't. stress isn't all bad. Right. I'm, but I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, is the, that is the stress I enjoy now. Right? right. I used to hate it. I love it now because I feel like I'm in control of it. Right. Not, maybe control is not the right word. Yeah. I feel like I can manage it, right? I feel like it's something that I I have. You feel capable. Yeah. Right? Where I'm at right now, I don't feel capable. Well, because, again, it's still going to happen. It's, the right. reason why you don't feel capable with the building is because you wanted the building to be built in this time frame. Yeah. And it's taken this time frame. I, can you believe I am seven days past due? I'm really aggravated at that. I, Seven days, really. What did I tell you? When they started, when the builder said it was going to take six months, I said double it. Right. Right? Right. I, well, I did. 365 days. And we're seven days past that. And I am like. But it's because you're trying to mold the world into something you you don't have control over. I, I've never done that. Okay. I have never tried Folks, to. Folks, this is where we're going to start bullshitting you completely. Go ahead. Keep going. I've never. Yeah. I've never tried to squeeze blood from a dart over <laughs> Okay. Again, again. <laughs> if there was a lie detector on Lucas, it would be smoking right now. <laughs> right? I, I am a maximizer. I like things to be done. I like on my time frame and my schedule. 
Poor Terry. I'm feeling bad for him now. <laughs> He's going to beat what you I there, did. I guess. I don't know. He just get a whipping post. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, poor Terry's the one that takes the brunt of all that. Like, I need it done on my time, Terry. Let's go. What is taking you so... I can do it in that time, Terry. Why are you not doing... No, it's fine. Um, you know, the reality is there's a lesson in that, too. Right. Right? And it's being able to accept that things aren't always going to go the yeah. way I want them. Yeah. And how can I be okay with that? Right. And I... I are learning it. Yeah. I, I and I 100% agree with it, right? Like, it is what it is, right? Man, you can't control it. Still so might as well be... Happen. Yeah. You're still going to have the shop. It is built. You will be in it. Yeah. They're yeah. just busting your chops right now. Right. Exactly. Okay. And, and, you know, I, I think coming back full circle to all the other stuff we've talked about it is knowing what you're in control of, knowing what you're not in control of, right? And knowing where you need help. Here's the thing. I truly believe, first of all, I got a really easy way of telling what you're in control of and what you're not. You ready for it? Yeah. What you're in control of is inside your skin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's your attitude, your belief, your expectations, the yeah. values, uh, your actions, your reactions, your intentions. Right. Focus, all of that stuff. That's in your control. Yeah. Then you have influence. And that's yeah. what, how we deal with other people. Like, I can't make Terry do something. You watch me. <laughs> hey, I can be bullheaded, too. <laughs> I'll bet you you're damn good at that. <laughs> I, I know I am, right? So so the reality is we can influence. Right. And we can get better at influencing, but yeah. we can't make people do things, right? I right. Got, I got seven kids. Yeah. Try to get them to clean their room. Right. 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 I can't make people do things, but exactly. I can influence them. Right. And then there's just stuff i got to be aware of. Right. Pandemic, inflation, recession, yeah. taxes, you know, people are like, well, I can't wait till this president's out or this president's in or whatever. Who cares, right? Who cares? I don't care who's in the White House. I'm making money. Yep. I'm serving people. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to leave a dent in the world. That's what I'm going to do. Amen, buddy. Right? And the fact of it is we've got to be able to just step back and realize some of this stuff. And we all need help. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a favorite saying that says you can't read the label when you're inside the jar. How many times have right. you heard me oh, say yeah. that, right? Yeah. It's a true thing. You know, we have blind spots and we need other people to see outside yeah. and tell us what we aren't seeing. Yep. Just like Paul, like we were talking about with Paul. Right? And, and his brother, honestly, if he doesn't have a coach, he should have a coach. Yeah. Right? He should have somebody that can help him clarify what he wants out of the business. Right. And then help him create a business that serves him, the team, and his family. Yeah. Amen. And the clients. And the clients. Absolutely. It should, there, there's yep. nobody that loses them. Um, so probably the most important question of this entire recording that I have to ask. Sure. Are you going to dye your hair purple too? You know, it was funny. I was sitting, anybody that knows, my wife's got her hair cut, dyed purple. Right. Yeah, she wanted to spice things up a little bit. She wanted to have fun. And I said, go for it. Yesterday, we were sitting in our booth, right? and I was looking at her. She, she was talking to somebody, and I thought, I wonder if I should do it too, right? Pink? <laughs> pink. No, pink not and pink. Purple. Pink's not a color. Like, purple's a royalty color. Right. You know, the pink thing, i just not doing the pink thing. Um, but, you know, I, I've, when my girls were little, right? I let them paint my nails. Right. Right. Well, I had one hand that was orange and one hand that was black. Right. 
and it was funny because it was Halloween time, and the girls were like six or seven at the time. They're not that now. Um, love you, Ashley and Sarah. Um, but they did my nails. Right. And then we, I said, come on, we got to go out shopping. And they went, you're going out with your nails like heck that? Yeah. Like, heck yeah, come on, you girls did a great job, let's go. Right. <laughs> I don't care who looks at me, it doesn't matter, right? right. You're going to judge me on my nail color? Dude, you got bigger problems than I do. <laughs> right? right? So, so you're saying you wouldn't be offended if you woke up tomorrow and had purple hair, you'd be okay with that? Yeah, I would. Um, <laughs> I would be okay. I'm, I sleep very lightly. Well, and, I, uh, you don't know where I'm staying, so I feel fairly safe. Well, I mean, the only reason I ask is because your wife and and daughter mentioned that maybe like they were going to go pick up some hair coloring, and I, yeah. you know, just yeah. wanted to touch base and see like how you'd feel about it. Does, you know, do you remember the haircut I got in New Hampshire? Yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick story during COVID, I couldn't get a haircut for months, and I looked like a hippie. <laughs> And New Hampshire, we had a house in New Hampshire we were renting, and, and New Hampshire opened up the barbers up quick, uh, quicker. So I went to this barber that had a really good rating. This woman actually passed out while she was cutting my hair. She went out partying the night before, literally passed out. My hair was so bad. Like, it was like, I have pictures of it. Like, I have... I had. I think I've sides, got some screenshots. I had on the sides. I had ra- like where they used the clippers all the way up, like one line all the way up. <laughs> uh, nothing was straight. It was just absolutely like. And she's like, so I got. I paid for it. And Brenda, I, I went home. I said, Brenda, I called her. I said, you're not going to believe this haircut. And she said, why? I said, I, you just can't. You're not going to believe it. And she got back. She goes, oh, my God, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to let it grow out. What are you going to do? Right. You can't do anything. <laughs> it grows. I mean, for years, some people have said it grows back. And it, guess what? It does. Right. I mean, you don't look like that now. No, so I don't I, look like that now. No. I, you know, I, I went one time to Smart Cuts, and she forgot to cut the top of my head. Right. She cut, like, the sides. And then, like, because I used to have short hair, right? And then I'm like, she said, I'm going on break. I'll uh, Walked out the door, and I'm like, she's the only one there. And I'm like, whoa, wait. Okay, I'm leaving now. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to leave, then so am I. Bye. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah, so, it. you know, the whole thing like that, that stuff doesn't bother me. I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin now. Um, pretty happy with who yeah, I am and where yeah, I am. Yeah, I don't think anybody questions that. I mean, so, I'm no. very... So, waking up with purple hair... You know, wouldn't be the end of the world it grows out right you know? Bre- Brenda and Amber are both safe there's nothing to worry about if you woke up with purple hair right it's gonna no, be no I don't think it'll happen right. you'd be okay teaching classes with purple hair I would but they would have had to do it Monday night I already taught oh man okay. so when's your next class where uh, Super Saturday nice next yeah. yeah next weekend yeah teaching a Friday night class and a Saturday class cool yeah. I didn't know they were doing management at Super Saturday Did, yeah. wasn't it always technical before no I've been there before I was there once bef- just before COVID yeah um, and then due to COVID and cancellations and stuff this is the first one after COVID right so we're back right. up there this year then what where are you going uh, then I'm doing a sales class out in Kansas at the end of the month a full day advisor class nice uh, then we got a break until February, and then we're going down to Tennessee with Max. Cool. Mobile air conditioning. Awesome. Society. So. Well, thank you for being here. Absolutely. I've had a blast. I hope everybody's had some fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Terry's not said anything. He said a couple of things. You wouldn't let him. <laughs> well, I mean. Well, we can like interview. Mike tell you what. Let's turn this around and start interviewing Terry. 
I could do that right now. Hey. Yeah. You know, you know Mike Allen? I do know Mike Allen. We we went for drinks the other night, and he convinced two people that we were professional blimp folders. Like the Goodyear blimp. Yeah. Swear After to whatever God. Event, we would deflate it, fold it up, load it up. And, and haul it and hauled. put it back up. And yeah. so I'm thinking midway through this, I'm like, there is no way these people believe this. There's no way. They're either really gullible or something. No, they believed it. I think there was something, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they... And this they, is why the auto industry has such a bad name. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, he was trained by uh, by certain coaches. So, I mean, maybe that's the problem. But, dude, I am telling you what. His BS skills are a oh, yeah. whole new level. Oh, it's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you what. I can do that well, too. So I'm, We'll put you up against each other soon. <laughs> uh, so, you wanted to interview Terry? Yeah. So, Terry, how long have you been working for LNN? Uh, for LNN, uh, over three and a half years. Okay, and how many of those years have you enjoyed it? Well, there's some outside influence on that. I was um, gonna, you should say six months, you picked the six months, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I definitely was going through a, a low port, a portion, portion of my life um, while working with Lucas, and uh, you know, it definitely had a negative effect on my performance as well as just the environment at the shop. And, um, I eventually sought out some help and, you know, I'm coming back from that now. And you want, you want to share, like, do you feel comfortable sharing? You don't have to. Um, do you, I mean, if you feel comfortable, I mean, my thought is, is there's other people going through that. Hey, therapy mm-hmm. is cool. Oh, I went through it. I went through it. I've been a therapist in the last I was seeing a therapist in 2021 uh, for my marriage. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely did. I mean, and if you yeah. don't want to, you don't have to. No, it was just, I was seeing somebody and they deal with bipolar depression and wasn't really seeking out the help that they needed, which put stress on me. And then there's a couple of, you know, deaths of very close folks in their family that just, made it that much worse and one of those people I was very close with as well and just over time it just without realizing it wore on you yeah you know and it got to the point that I felt like I was just spinning my wheels not going anywhere everything sucks you know I I have no control of anything I don't even know what's going on there's something wrong I don't know what it is or what to do yeah I just I was lost just to put it simply and um happens to all of us though right Right. at different times and being able to get outside help is such an important thing to do Mm -hmm. uh, because they can give you some tools and strategies absolutely really make a difference well you know so my experience was right like so i was going through this anxiety and and i didn't realize that i had built thought patterns right and i'll talk to you about this Mm -hmm. i had built thought patterns which reaffirmed and the, created the anxiety. Exactly. Yes. And so I got into this like thought system that was a vicious circle. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get out of it. Because what you think right. affects how you feel. Right. How you feel affects what you do. Yeah. What you do reinforces what you're thinking. Right. And, and, and I, I catch myself in that loop as well. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that was really by definition exactly what happened. Yeah. And, right. You know, for you, it was anxiety. For me, it's depression. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, something happened at the shop, and then I just 
I felt myself going back to that place I was in a few months ago. Yeah. And I was just like, what am I doing? Yeah. You well, know, I, mean, I eventually just, I slept on it the next day. You know, I had a clear mind. I felt better and I was good. Yeah. yeah. I found one of the best questions to ask when you're starting to go sideways is to stop, take a couple of breaths because breath, when you control your breathing, it, 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 um, it, it brings in your parasympathetic nervous right. system and it helps alleviate some of the anxiety and depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But ask yourself what's real. Yeah. Right. Because we're seeing things through emotion and ask yourself what's real. See, I went to a therapist to get my head out of my ass. Right. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Um, after 18 or 19 years of marriage, it was 19 years, 18 years of marriage. Brenda basically said, I'm done. Right. Okay. And we, we went through a period and we were better now than we've ever been. Yeah. Um, and I can, I mean, I've helped other couples with yeah. what I've gone through. Right. You know, and it's real. I, I mean, we're two, you know, when you're in a, especially in a relationship, you're two human beings. Yeah. There's a lot of assuming that goes on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and you don't see everything. Um, and, and because of that assumption, even if it's unintentional, you feel like you know that person. Yeah. And you but have there's no actually idea. no communication. Right. And you have no idea because of these. And, it, and that's the thing. Assumption kills curiosity. Assumption kills communication. Yeah. Assumption kills clarity. Uh, right. And assumption kills connection. And, right. And that's a big thing that I learned. And it was funny because... You know, the first time I talked to the therapist, we spent an hour, and he says, holy crap, it usually takes me three months to get somebody to where you are now. Right. I said, I'm a man on a mission. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. My wife's talking about leaving, and that ain't happening. Right. Um, and, and you know, she didn't believe me in the beginning, and, you know, we were able to make some really significant changes, and it's okay for that stuff. And I had the yeah. coolest therapist in the world. You know, I'd tell him, you know, what I was doing and how, what was going on. And, uh, excuse me for this, you can bleep it out. He'd say, how's that fucking working for you? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. It's not a good strategy. I'm going to find something else. Right. Well, and I mean, like, I one of the things that I recall um, watching Terry go through this is, is that other people in his life were saying, oh, you must be this. Oh, you must be that. And, and Terry was internalizing what other people were saying. And so, like... The, the coaching process, right? Like is corrective when, when he would be out of line or he'd have an issue in the shop. And there were a couple of times like we, I had to be like, whoa, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I had to, yeah, I had because, to, because he does one of those it. times yeah. is when I eventually got the help. Right. Because I mean, I, I, I had said for a while, like, Hey, I want you to go see somebody. I want you. And it's none of my business. Right. I'm not trying to say like, I forced you to do it. Like I have to disclose that, but you know, like kind of did. Well, I mean, yeah, it was like, hey, we, I see this. I feel what you're feeling. I know what you feel like. I know I've been there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so all I cared about was, like, getting him the help he needed. And, and it was almost like other people in his life were saying things and doing things that were leading him down that path. In that path. Yeah. Because they're labeling him. Yeah. Right? And we're not labels. You know, no. You know, I was with my daughter recently, and she, we're driving – yeah. And she drives like, she's from Massachusetts. Right. So I don't need to say anymore, right? Right. <laughs> um, and she goes, oh, he's an asshole. And I'd look at her and smile and say, sweetheart, we all are sometimes. Right. Right? Yeah. Don't don't label people. Yeah. Right? It's just something that somebody's going through or dealing with or doing, but don't label them because labels are dangerous. There's a great book about that. 
uh, Miller's Bolt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thomas Sturt, S-T-I-R-R. Miller's yep. Bolt is an amazing book yeah. about the dynamic that we bring to relationships and yeah. um, the labeling that we do and the expectations we have and how we... Yeah. You want a negative relationship, you expect it unconsciously, you look for it, yeah. and you confirm it. Um, but if you recognize that, you can change it. Well, I, I watched Terry label himself. Yeah, right? well, Just because like, he's listening to everybody else, yeah. and he doesn't know any better. I must be this. Yeah. And, right? and, Am I right? Well, I mean, emotionally, I was in a very vulnerable place, too. Yeah. Because you know, like I say, I didn't even know what the problem was. or And that was just compounding because... I fix things. That's what I do. And because I didn't know what the problem was, it was just compounding it. the problem. And I just, it, it was this horrible circle. So you're feeling yeah. like a failure, mm-hmm. right? And and that's why my book is coming out, Failure Factor, baby. Right, I'm right. I'm so excited about it. I got one more chapter to write. One more chapter. One more chapter. I got, I got. You just let me finish that bad boy up for no, you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I got this all finished up, man. I'm, I'm good. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be out soon. Um, but it's a big deal because I went through the same thing. I felt like, you know, the steaming pile of dog crap yeah. all the time. And, yeah. and I was pushing the relationship so that I could get the love I felt I needed. Mm-hmm. And the problem was when she was showing it, I would never let it in. Right. Right. Because I didn't right. love myself. Well, I mean, like in, in this situation, what I was finding was is that I would give feedback and he would internalize that feedback as, as he I'm was a failure. Right. As yeah. opposed to, hey, we can work on this. And so it wasn't about finding the solution. It was about focusing on the problem. Or, and, or, or so, so let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How could you do that differently so you don't end up with the same thing happening again? Oh, no. Terry? No, it's that not, was directed this is not at a Terry. This is, this is a Lucas question. Um, well, I, I think that the first thing that I would have had to have done is recognize quicker what Terry was going through. Or, or been aware of the difference. Not so much what he's going through. Right. But be aware of the difference and don't discount it. Yeah. Oh, he's having a bad time. He's had a fight with his wife or, right. or whatever it right. is, right? You don't discount it. Hey, man, you're off today. What's going on? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you start yeah. that. But the other thing you can do is you got to understand you are communicating. Yeah. You weren't communicating, you were talking. Yeah. And I'm bad for that. Communicating is when the other person walks away with the same image in their mind yeah. as you have in yours. Yeah. You didn't follow through and say, okay, Terry, so what did you hear me say? Right. Exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you had done that, that could have alleviated some, man, I, I feel like right. I'm failing you. No, Terry, you're not failing me at all. We've got to work on this one thing. Right. Exactly. It would have given you an ex- Do you see what well, I'm saying? And, and I think our relationship came out of it way better because like, we'll, we'll bark off at each other occasionally. And I'll yeah. be like, you and he'll be like fuck you and like and, and he'll come back later and he'll be like hey did you misunderstand what I was like sometimes I, what was it we did that with a while back I, I I thought he meant one thing I was like fuck you you know what I yeah. mean and I'm like I'm starving uh, I was running late and you're like well you caused a bunch of problems I said how so and you right? thought I was being a wise ass about it right <laughs> yeah well and, and he's doing exactly the right thing right right and when you said and when you reacted right. you should have been it's, here, write this down. Anybody's listening, write this down. Right. Instead of reacting, stay curious. Ask a freaking question. Exactly. And and so, like, that for sure. Because, like, my thing was is, and, and they know this, like, some mornings are tough, right? Like, I'm grouchy some mornings. And, well, especially with everything going on in the last year. Yeah. You know, you've been a little more on edge than you had been before. Right. So and I rightfully sh- so. 
well, I changed, and so like, you know, I'll snap, and and I, it's not that I'm, I mean to snap. It's just you know. Oh, shut up, Rick. <laughs> I didn't say a word. <laughs> I don't know. You Rick, want permission to make it okay that you snapped? <laughs> no. I'm just saying, don't look at me like that. Oh, my God. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.